Welcome back to the final part of this week's Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Coming up in just a few minutes' time, John Fardy will be here with Screen Time. John, uh, what big names have we got this week? Oh, well, you know, it's not too huge this week. Only Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Oh, go on. No, their new movie, All of Us Strangers, which is just glorious. I've been banging the drum for a while, but it's absolutely beautiful. Tear-inducing movie. Uh, Andrew Scott and Paul Mescal. And also the director, he's a fascinating guy called Andrew Haig. Really interesting guy who did a TV show a while ago called The North Water with uh, Colin Farrell and all that. Okay. Wailing. And also we're reviewing The Colour Purple, the new version of so another busy show yeah I adore Andrew Scott he is so charismatic and Paul Mescal is lovely as well don't get me wrong but, no, but I have a particular grow for Andrew Scott ever since the Sherlock days I oh, just oh I thought you were absolute... going to say hot priest in I haven't seen Fleabag oh. yet I know oh you'd love it really Fleabag is amazing television it's not like anything else you'd love it and he is brilliant in it as is Phoebe Waller-Bridge okay yeah no I, he's just one of those people that I think if I could you know when people are saying like who would you invite to a dinner party kind of thing yeah I actually think Andrew Scott would be on my list well can I tell you in my you know 10 minutes of dealing yes. with him he was lovely mm. and was there was a slight issue no one's fault but there was a slight issue with the clock how much time I had and he was making sure I had enough time and all that mm. so in the brief dealings I had with him he was a gentleman as was Paul Mescal Oh that makes my heart happy Yeah I okay. it should okay, well, that's... Three gentlemen in one room eh <laughs> And then you had to ruin it uh, Okay so all that's coming up after six o'clock before I let you go Yeah Um Every bus that has driven past me over the last few weeks has had posters for Last One Laughing on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah. So this is, I'm sure everyone knows now, it's the show hosted by Graham Norton. A bunch of comedians are put into what kind of looks like the Big Brother house Mm -hmm. and they have to try and make each other laugh but they're not allowed laugh. Yeah. And have you seen it? I have yet to get to it. It's on my extensive to-do list. But tell me, are you enjoying it? Do you know? I like the premise. I like the premise too. And I like a lot of the people that are in the house. Like Amy Huberman makes me laugh all the time. Jason Byrne, who I love. Ashing B. Like there's a great mix Mm -hmm. of people in there. And Graham Norton's the... He's the host. Yeah. Very funny man as well. Very funny. And there's lovely bits to it. But I, I just, there's something about it that's cringe. Now, obviously, that's kind of the point because you're trying to make someone laugh and they're not allowed to laugh. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a, a sensational moment where, sound like Tom Dunn for a second, but sensational. <laughs> sensational. There's a little moment where Ashling B gets up and sings uh, A Woman's Heart. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, like I, 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 like, I was biting on my hand in cringiness and then also had a cushion over my face because I just found it so embarrassing. Oh. But it, I like the sound of this. Yeah, it's one of those shows that makes you feel something. It's not like reality TV where you're just sitting there and it's mind-numbing. Well, I tell you what, if I can, you know, make my way through all these A-list interviews I have to do in the coming weeks, <laughs> I will watch it and report to you next week. But before I let you go, and it just popped into my head, I can't believe you didn't mention to me the greatest news we've probably heard in 17 years in that Billy Joel is back with a new song at the start of February. Is he? Yeah. Did you, you didn't pick that up on the wires, no? Uh, no, my Billy Joel radar is clearly uh, acting He's up. He's back. A new song called Turn the Lights Back On. Do you know what? First of February. That is exciting. An album coming. I'm over the moon. I can't believe, like we had conversations about your family and your kids. Those usually don't happen when there's Billy Joel news. No, I can't I believe you didn't yeah. break down the door with yeah. it. Okay, so a very happy John Fardy will Absolutely. be with you just after six. John, thanks so much. Thank you. All right, and as John makes his way out of the studio, I'm delighted to welcome back Cameron Hill and Kira Tracy, two of my nerdy pals, uh, because it's time for our book club. 
we were meant to reconvene in October, I think, but that didn't happen because life got in the way. But we're all together now uh, and we are going to talk through the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, guys, how are you? Great. How are you? I'm wonderful. Um, so, Cameron, mm-hmm. it was your job, your only job yeah. was to recommend a book yeah. for this book club. I think I did. He looks like a kick dog right now. <laughs> like before let's just let's just let him set up like set it up so remind us what you picked and then explain to me why well Jess said we wanted to do books with a bit of a kind of technical technological aspect scientific mm-hmm. something that might be a bit of fun because we did faux last time of course mm-hmm. I said okay okay now we did that before Halloween and my big suggestion was we'd do Frankenstein, but that was going to take too long yeah. to get through. So I said, we'll do something nice and short, something that I suspect everybody here had read um, called <laughs> The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. Yeah. Thought, nice, fun book. Uh-huh. Uh, really good. F- yeah. Just, you know, really up Jess's street as a <laughs> self-proclaimed nerd. Um, I, I can confirm it was not up my street. No. You know I couldn't what? believe I couldn't believe you hadn't read it. <laughs> you not even your, on your planet. You call yourself a nerd, and this is like no. I think other people call a, me a nerd. This if is we're being core honest. text. It's a foundational text. You can't get your nerd card without having read. I, I'll forego it. I'll forego it okay. because so I was in like a little reading groove at the start of this year, mm-hmm. <laughs> flying through the books. I was like, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read the book that I should have read in October. Yeah. And I'll do it for Cameron. Because you said it to me about 17,000 like, like times in the kitchen. like, Dad is pick me up from football training. Yeah, and he'd be disappointed. It's never happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then I downloaded it onto my Kindle. And I was like, okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. I hate this. Wow. I don't like That's it. Strong. I can't get into it. Did you even try to read it? No, I didn't. And <laughs> I kind of got the vibe quite quickly. For, and I actually, I was also on a flying reading journey myself and then I know it stifled Jess no offence Cameron and also I feel like it's kind of my job to agree with everything Jess says so when she says she hates it I'm Mm -hmm. like what's the point I'm fine being the antagonist here no but so okay so for those who haven't read it and if you have read it as part of our book club email in your thoughts techtalk at newstalk.com but just give me the lay of the land here What? give me the overarching premise and I, I, I just I'll tell you why I couldn't get into it. Jess doesn't have a clue what it was about. No, I do. <laughs> no, what I did. This is how... Significant title. No, no, no. This is how much I wanted to try and support you, right? Hey. Not only did I pay to read a book, <laughs> wow. which I hated, I then tried to uh, watch YouTube summaries about oh, the book. Mm-hmm. And I even hated the summary of the book. Okay. The hope in Cameron's eyes diminished so by the second here. By the your way, your fader here now, right? And the second you start to bore me, I'm going to pull it down, and we're going to change topic. Go. Okay. Well, I'm surprised it hasn't been pulled down already. Same but, to be fair. Um, basically, Arthur Dent is an Earthling who lives in. <laughs> he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Already, who lives? Um, who's living on Earth and finds out that his home is being demolished to make way for a highway. Uh, his friend, who's named Ford Prefect, who's an alien, mm-hmm. who has a name Ford Prefect because he thinks that's what humans call other humans, mm-hmm. um, manages to get him off Earth because apparently Earth is also being destroyed to make way for a supergalactic bypass. Mm-hmm. Um, Earth is destroyed. They go on this adventure around the world. They meet up with uh, the president of the galaxy, Zafod 
Beeblebrox, who has stolen a spaceship. <laughs> the way me and Jess just looked at each other. I have that written down on my phone to bring up later, by the way. With um, the one other human that still lives, because all of them died when they destroyed Earth, they go to this planet called Magrathia, where they find the most intelligent computer in the world, Deep Thought. Mm-hmm. Um, can I spoil the ending? Absolutely. Okay. I'm absolutely not going to read it, so don't worry about my <laughs> right. feelings. So they go to ask Deep Thought what... Um, it, who knows everything is the oh, that was a name. computer in the world. Yeah, it's called <laughs> Deep Thought. And uh, they ask, okay, what's the li- what's the meaning of life, the universe and everything? And Deep Thought, after thinking for a long time, says 42. And yeah. It's one of those really contentious. We can get into that in a second. Oh, Basically, <laughs> he developed a computer called, he, Earth was a supercomputer to find out what the question was. So if the answer is 42, what's the question? Oh, no. And the humans were the subjects and they he explains this whole thing and then they get bored and they go off to the restaurant at the end of the world. And that's how the book ends. But it's basically it's a nice little galactic romp around a good bit of fun hijinks <laughs> ensue, you know. What did you not like about it, Jess? <laughs> I just couldn't get into it. Right. I, I don't know why. Got to, like, at the beginning... Your man was lying on the road to try and prevent the bulldozers from knocking down his gaff. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, Ford comes in and is like, if I take my pal to the pub, do you promise not to knock down his house? That was fine. And then the more, like I only read about 10 pages beyond that and I was just like, it's not the one. I think it's one of those things, no more than a lot of the other huge science fiction fandoms and communities. It's one of those things you either go fully in or you don't do it at all. There's no half measure with this kind of stuff. Like this came out as a radio play on BBC yeah. back in 78. 78. And then they released the novel a year later and it became a TV series to become a video game. It was a 2005 film as mm-hmm. well. I Comic believe. book I read as well. Like yes. I read that they, t- they literally turned it into every form of yeah, media. Yeah, it exploded, right? And this comes at the end of the 70s where, so this comes out in 78 and a year before is the first Star Wars film. And then a year after, in 1979, Alien comes out. So you're seeing this huge sci-fi boom and how they're taking it in different ways. Star Wars is quite, it's a little bit kitsch. It's a little bit cheesy um, and camp as a design. Uh, Alien is a lot more traumatizing. Yes. It's science fiction. more nuanced. This is kind of science fiction parody. So they make fun of a lot of the tropes of science fiction and some of the stuff that comes after 2001, A Space Odyssey. So yeah. Space is this vast and profound world. Yeah, that is and sick. What the dialogue in the book and the characters kind of go into is that they have the same problems that we all have. And it turns out that space is just as boring as Earth is. And we constantly right. try to have adventures and go out into the world and see what's there and we will be interested. And they literally go to one of the place where everything's perfect. Magrathia, where they can make different planets and design planets in their own image. And eventually they get bored. See, that sounds interesting to me. I think, because I'm a massive Doctor Who fan, right? So sci-fi, I'm a massive sci-fi nerd, Mm -hmm. but I think I struggle with like 70s sci-fi, like Star Wars didn't stick to me, even though I'm a huge, again, massive nerd. And um, I think that might be the problem, but it sounds like it'd be a good TV show. I know it was made into a TV show. Yeah. So maybe just the novel wasn't the best format for it. I don't know. Maybe it should have stayed as a radio program. I don't know if you guys listened to any of it, but I don't know. What do you think, Jess? I don't. My dad has the vinyl of the whole series. Oh, deadly. Lend it to me. 
um, which I'll probably listen to to console myself after all. This. Yeah, you might need to. Um, I think <laughs> that's very cute. Yeah, right. Very cute. <laughs> Please continue. But I think uh, it served as a kind of foundational template upon which a lot of science fiction and fantasy and things that came after was based on. Yeah. So a lot of things we have today, like. Um, OK Computer and Paranoid Android by Radiohead are based on yeah. stuff in the book. There's the Babblefish, which was the first online translator. Mm-hmm. The name of the website um, is based on a item in this book. There's so many things that don't panic. There's a lot of people who have don't panic posters. Yeah. Okay. And that's something but this is what this I, as well. This is why I was frustrated with myself, because I knew all the cultural uh, touch points that stem from this book. Mm-hmm. And I know people who refer to it and I would like, you know, talk about it frequently enough. But I just, I, I there was something, I don't know if it was the style of writing. I don't know if it's that I'd read too much about it before reading it, that I kind of had a preconceived notion yeah. and then it didn't match with what I'd yeah. been expecting. Yeah. I, I'm kind of, I'm disappointed that I didn't get sucked into it because I've read like since January I've read eight or nine books in different genres and so I kind of thought my brain was kind of open for anything sometimes like I think I said it to you guys last time when we were reading Faux I read it when I was on a plane and I was in crappy form so I didn't love it like I'm very mood right. dependent but because I was in a run of reading I was like okay let's just go in yeah but was it that, just didn't. Could it have been the seventies style writing? Because sometimes I think, I I think struggle that's with a that. lot of it. Yeah, I think it probably suffers from its own legacy a little. Yeah, bit, that so much afterwards is based on. Like you think of the humor that's in Marvel films now. Mm, I right. don't think it happens without something like Hitchhikers and Star Wars coming before it in terms of, oh, we can go do that now. Yeah. We can fine-tune the formula over many, many years and get to this conclusion. Whereas it's like loving animation and then assuming that something like Steamboat Willie is going to be as profound as, yeah. like, say, Rick and Morty. It so just isn't. What you're kind of saying here is uh, Hitchhikers had to walk so, so many other yes, forms of media exactly. could run. Because yeah. I definitely, like, I was looking at the names and I couldn't, couldn't help but laugh. Like, um, Zaphoid Beeblebrox, come on, man. Vorgon, Vogons, Ford Prefect in itself. I just find it so almost camp because mm. it is like that. But again, I definitely see streaks of this in the likes of Doctor Who. And and that does appeal to me. But what, one thing I love more than anything is like Naughty's culture. Like, so I'd be dying to watch the 2005 film. Yeah, I haven't mm. seen the film. I'd love to, go, I might go see the film. See, from what you've told yeah. me, I'd actually, and I know this kind of contradicts the idea of a book club, but it's all valid, right? I would much rather consume that as a film, I think. So I have the visuals rather yeah. than maybe that kind of 70s, awkward sci-fi kind of text. Yeah. 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 And it's it's working with the knowledge it has at the time. Like I, I know a friend of mine read it recently and was saying that she really enjoyed it in the context of what we have from AI now in that a lot of the computers and the various different ways they interact with humans and try to appeal to humans correlates to how we use AI in the modern day. So it is, I think it's highly relevant and it's definitely worth taking a look and reading it. I think some of the language and the jokes maybe fall a little bit flat now because they are, as you say, written in that 70s kind of Monty Python style. I never found Monty Python funny. Do you know what I'm thinking now is I wonder should I have listened to the audiobook version? Maybe. Interesting. You know what I mean? The voices and you'd be able to communicate. It is a little bit, uh, there are bits More where kind of like, this is a bit of a slog. Yeah. But. Um, How many pages is it? Uh, this version is 
I love the sound of that. How many say? 179. Oh, oh, it's a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was a big book. There's a little bit of, uh, they they go, so the name of the book is given to the guide within the book. Yeah. Ford Prefect takes him into the universe and into outer space. And he has this Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is constantly being rewritten and has tips on how to survive. I do love that. I do. That really appeals to that inner nerd. Maybe you just need to give it another go then. Mm. I didn't even start it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Give it a go. (laughs) As we said back in September. I know. I know. It's bad. I feel like I have to trust my instinct, though. There's a reason why I never picked it up. Because you're a lazy wagon wheel. Maybe. Maybe that's possible. Thanks, Jess. Okay. Are we wrong? Are Kira and I wrong? Is Cameron right? No. Right. Uh, email techtalk at newstalk.com with your thoughts. I've got, I've picked the, the book for next Yeah, time. I was going to say, you've eviscerated our picks so far, so, so I'm gonna, didn't like faux either. No, I didn't. <laughs> but again, I was cranky wagon wheel that day myself. Yeah. Uh, I've gone for something that's a bit different. Okay. You know John Ronson? No. No, I don't. John Ronson. Way to make me feel old, old you guys. Yeah. <laughs> already in. All in. No, no, no. Shush, 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 shush. This is uh, the book that we're gonna that I've picked is uh, "So You've Been Publicly Shamed" by John Ronson, who Ooh. is a British American journalist. He wrote the Psychopath Test, which is oh. fascinating. Oh, and Jess, what were your results? Shh. <laughs> Pull down your mic as well. Um, but so you've been publicly shamed. The, this is a book that's been on my list to read for a long time and it's a, a theme that I'm really interested in. It looks at the trends in terms of public shaming in the internet era. Okay. And I assume based on his other books, he'll look at different cases, different scenarios and the mm. consequences and the psychology of public shaming, okay. both from the point of view of those being shamed and those doing the shaming. Interesting. So I think... It's a good time for us to have a conversation like this with all that's going on in the world of social media. Uh, My piece, just to plug it actually in tomorrow's business post, is all about why I stopped posting on social media so much. And a lot of it is to do with being called a dickhead 10 different ways on different platforms every day of my life. So I just think... by the way. Shut up. Uh, But I do think having this conversation is a good one. I think it's a healthy one, particularly as we come into different political cycles and in the context of what's going on in the world. And it'll also introduce you both, which is appalling, uh, to John Ronson. Yeah, and so. it's non-fiction, so it'd be quite nice. Yeah. I actually always Making tend to go for yeah. fiction, so it'd be nice to kind of switch up a gear, maybe. Will I be featured in the next edition based on today's programme? You've been booted out, yeah, and Apparently awful book. Yeah, <laughs> you've been booted out. Yeah. You were actually the what made me think of it. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> the psycho. <laughs> Right, we are going to read this uh, next over the next few weeks and the lads will be back in a month's time uh, to share their thoughts. If you want to read along with us, you can do so. Email techtalk at newstalk.com. But for the moment, Cameron and Kira, thank you so much. Thank you. And that's it from me this week. If you missed any of the show, you can listen back in full on the News Talk app powered by GoLoud. I'll be back with Shane and Kira on Monday's News Talk Breakfast. But in the meantime, have a great weekend.